Hello and welcome to Reasonably Fit. We're Jason and Laura Pack, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants a more thoughtful and grounded approach to health and fitness. If you'd like to support our show, we have a couple discount codes you can use on some of our personal favorite products. The first is for our favorite workout footwear, Vivo Barefoot. Vivos are the best of the best when it comes to minimal footwear, and the Primus Lights are the shoes you see us wearing in all of our Instagram content. You can save 10% off your entire Vivo Barefoot purchase with the code JLPAC10. That's J-L-P-A-K-1-0. Just go to www.vivobarefoot.com or click the link in our show notes to get a pair today. The second is for our favorite supplement brand, Legion. We've tried so many different supplement brands over the years, and right now nothing beats Legion. Our current go-tos are the whey protein powder, pulse pre-workout, creatine, and immune support because if you listen to this show, you know our kids are constantly bringing home new viruses from school. We almost always turn down partnership deals because we only ever want to work with brands that we use and love ourselves, and we actually reached out to Legion to partner because we love it so much. You can use code PAC20, that's P-A-K-2-0, for 20% off your first order and then double loyalty points for subsequent orders, which is the equivalent of 10% cash back. Just go to www.legionathletics.com or click the link in our show notes. Using our codes really helps to support our show and it saves you money at the same time, so we think it's a win-win. Okay, with that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. You have been waiting with bated breath for this episode (laughs) that we teased and haven't shown back up in five or six weeks now. I think it's, yeah, something like that. (laughs) So Um, so we did part one, which was barbell squats. mm -hmm. And now we're doing part two, which is the bench press. Now, this is a guide all about prepping, sort of like the prerequisite steps to help you get really comfortable and confident leading into a barbell bench press. Yeah, how to work up to it in a way that is progressive, safe, and makes you feel super confident once you actually do your first barbell bench press attempt. And this is definitely one that can be really intimidating um, for a lot of people just because it's like, I don't know, with the, well, the squat, I guess, is too. With the deadlift, it's kind of just like you pick it up or you don't. But with the bench press, you just kind of have that mental picture of yourself getting stuck underneath the bar and like not knowing what to do and having to ask for help and it's just like a lot of things could go wrong if you don't prepare yourself well yeah and i feel like a lot of people can put a bar on their back and feel like okay i can support this for a little bit but a bar kind of like dangling over your face basically (laughs) and your upper body is much less like not as strong as your lower body it does feel like okay this could go wrong very quickly yeah (laughs) so we're gonna help you make sure that you don't feel that way and make sure that by the time you do get to the barbell bench press you feel super safe and prepared yeah and a lot of the series was brought up because you know you see on social media or magazines and articles that basically are just like okay just go and do the bench press and then just progressively overload and then it's just like very much a baseline expectation that it's something that you should be able to do and you know, over the years as we've been training hundreds and thousands of people, it just wasn't the case. We couldn't just bring them over to the bar and have them be able to stabilize it and feel comfortable and understand where to place the bar, where to grip the bar. Like there's so many variables that go into the bench press that we want to really break down today and normalize the fact that it's actually a advanced movement that you have to prep for. Totally. Um, Should we, we did zero banter. Oh, yeah. No no banta. <laughs> <laughs> should we update people on what's been going on before we get into it? Or should we just get right into it today? What um, do you think? So, I mean, I guess this past weekend, we finally launched our guide, Pursuit Mobility, yeah. which we're so pumped about. And uh, it's it's been a great response so far. People have been enjoying it. And we're grateful for everyone who has purchased it thus far because yeah. it, there was a lot of work that went into it. Um, and we released a bonus episode last week, which we are pretty surprised ourselves surprised at ourselves <laughs> about that we had our stuff together enough to uh, get that done <laughs> that's so true I, I mean we did it we decided that we should do it i think the day before we released the episode so we like really turned it around but thankfully it was something that we are able to talk about very easily because not only has mobility been a big part of just like what we do in our day-to-day lives with our as as personal trainers but also we've been working on this project for 
almost a two years. Yeah, it feels it like, like or at least a long time. You can explain time. exactly what went on <laughs> so, <laughs> without any preparation. Right. It didn't take a lot of prep to just talk through that. Um, but I do think it was helpful for folks who were like on the fence about uh, if the program was going to be a good fit for them. Um, the most common question we got was like the fact that it's a six week program. People thought that you either like lose access to it after six weeks or that's like over and then what do you do after that and so it was nice to be able to refer them to the podcast where we talked about how you can continue to use it past the six-week point you have the pdf is like where all of the links live and all the videos live so you have that pdf forever and you can use it in a lot of different ways so it was great to be able to just kind of put all of that into an episode and send that out to people who have questions yeah it was yeah. funny i feel like maybe like four or five years ago like we were excited about apps and stuff like that yeah and you know rise lives on an app and it kind of has to live on an app totally and it makes the most sense for tracking and stuff like that but other projects we've had uh, in the past we've tried to like push apps and software and stuff like that and a lot of people are like you know i don't want another place to log on to or to open my browser on like i just want to have this digital copy that i have access to from anywhere and we're like you know that actually makes a lot of sense like we're pushing <laughs> This high tech agenda. It's like let's just go back to ebooks and make it a really quality ebook, and it'll be great. Yeah, and people are loving it, so yeah. we're very happy with it all. So yeah, that's I guess that is has been like pretty much our whole weekend <laughs> since the last uh, episode. That's yeah. been the update pretty much. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the first drill that we typically would give someone if they are going to be on the path to eventually wanting to do a bench press. So the first exercise in our progression is going to be the dumbbell or kettlebell, I guess, floor press. And this is where we typically start anyone when they're first learning to do sort of any sort of pressing motion. And it's because it really helps to provide a lot of feedback in a very safe and sort of comfortable environment, I guess. You're just on your back, knees up, feet down, very secure on the floor. And what you're going to do is you're going to hold a dumbbell or a weight in your hand. You're going to press it up overhead with one arm. And from there, this is the key part. We want you to get your chest up and pull your shoulders down and back. And when you do that on the floor, you can automatically feel feedback from the floor. You feel your shoulder blades sort of pressing back and down into the floor. And this creates a great base for your shoulder to then press off of. What we typically see when we don't do any sort of coaching and we just tell people to do, let's say, a bench press with dumbbells on a bench, their shoulders tend to kind of go all over the place as they're lowering and pushing the weights you know, up and down. And so we ended up taking people off the bench and going to the floor and giving that feedback from the floor for them to keep their shoulder pin back and down. And that, again, creates a great foundation for you to really uh, express your strength. Yeah. And something that you want to think about as well is you get that shoulder down and back from that top position when your arm is extended and the weight is overhead uh, toward the ceiling, basically. But you also want to think about keeping that positioning of your shoulder back and down as you lower the weight down. Because a lot of times, even on the floor, what we'll see is people are coming down with it and their shoulder starts to lift up off the floor and round forward. And that just could cause a little discomfort in the shoulder, but not even just that it's just going to be a weaker position to press from. So we're trying to get you in a safe position, but also in a strong position. So by bringing those shoulders down and back, we're really setting you up for success in both of those ways. We're getting your shoulder in a safer, more stable position, and you're just going to be setting up, you're setting yourself up to be stronger and able to press more weight. And the reason that we do a single arm version is really just logistics. We, two arms, getting two weights overhead on the, from the floor is awkward. It can just, you don't have a lot of momentum like you can use with the bench press, which we'll explain later. Um, you kind of have to use both hands in order to get the one weight into position. So we just like to go with that single arm floor press just as a logistical, easier way to get started. And it helps you to just like only have to focus on one thing. You only have to focus on that one arm, that one shoulder at a time, switch sides, and eventually you're just going to be able to tie it all together. Yeah. And then from there, from a sets and reps perspective, we just say, a simple three sets of 10 is probably a great place to start. And we have people start with a weight that feels very comfortable for them. And then from there, just every week increasing by about five pounds or so. And until you get to a point where you're doing three sets of 10 with 25 to 30 pound dumbbells. Yeah. Or a 25 to 30 pound dumbbell. Yes. Singular. <laughs> 
And then the next step in the progression would be to introduce the bench. So now we've been doing that horizontal pressing, but from the floor. Now we want to learn how to do it from the bench. You don't have that feedback from the floor anymore. So you have a little bit more freedom in your shoulder and shoulder blade. And so now we're going to learn to control that in the bench or on the bench. Um, And we're going to do a single arm bench press for this as well. We We like to stick with that single arm to just separate out the two. And then after this progression, we'll go into the double arm dumbbell bench press. Yeah. So now the bench press is going to be obviously a little bit more challenging than the floor press because you're reducing the stability a little bit. You're not no longer laying down on the floor and you're on a more narrow surface. And then the second part of it is that there's much more range of motion to be able to be achieved when you're off the floor and you're on the bench. So there's more range of motion for your shoulder to have to stabilize through. So there's a lot more sort of nuance beyond it. And then the sort of bench elevation as a last point, when you're doing a single arm dumbbell bench press on a bench as opposed to the floor, there's more sort of anti-rotation forces Mm. that come into play and your obliques have to really, your core in general has to really sort of stabilize you as you're going through that pressing motion. So one little tip here that um, people do ask when they're first learning this is where how they should get set up and into position and where they should start the movement from and a lot of people will roll back onto their back and they'll start the movement from the bottom it's really hard to get your shoulder kind of set in a good position if you start with the dumbbell down because the weight is already kind of like weighing on you in that position and the easiest way to set up is actually to get the dumbbell up toward the ceiling first and you're kind of like hanging out there and getting set up with the dumbbell with your arm already extended. So the way that we would suggest getting set up is you start with the, let's say you're holding it in your right hand, you're going to rest it on your right thigh while you're sitting on the bench. Then you're going to kind of use a little bit of momentum. You're going to kind of like roll yourself back onto the bench. And at the same time, you're going to use that right leg to kind of kick the dumbbell up and press it straight up to the ceiling. So we want to start with it already pressed up. So you don't have to bring it into your chest and then press it up. You kind of like kick it off your leg and just press it straight up to the ceiling. And then once your arm is extended and you're in that position, that's when you're trying to set your feet and set your shoulders. So you're getting your feet planted on the ground and you're getting your shoulder down and back with your arm already extended. Once you get into that position, then you're really set up for success to come down into position at the bottom and back up again. Mm, That's a really good point because I feel like when beginners tend to learn the bench press, they just get the dumbbell, they lay down. And then the dumbbells already like by their shoulder and then they immediately press up and down, press up and down. And they're trying to get the set done basically as quickly (laughs) as they can. But that setup process should take, I mean, once you're really sort of like dialed in, it should take like five seconds or so to get like everything really squared away, dialed in locked and loaded, and then you're ready to go and then press. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just about where the dumbbell is, but also, like I said, your feet. So you want to think about planting your feet and having your feet flat on the ground, tucked back behind you slightly. So you don't want them out in front of you because you're not going to have a lot of leverage to use your legs, which are going to actually contribute to the bench press. And we'll talk about that too, even more so with the barbell. But it's good to just be practicing setting yourself up in the same way every single time, whether you're doing a single dumbbell bench press, a two-arm dumbbell bench press, or a barbell bench press. So tuck those feet back slightly so they're behind your knees and driving your heels into the floor. Shoulders are set down and back. Arm is over, or arm is extended with the dumbbell toward the ceiling. Then you're ready to go to start your set. And now when you're actually going through your motion, you should really focus on bringing the weight down at maybe, let's say, a two to three second slow lower down tempo before pressing back up at sort of a moderate tempo. And that sort of eccentric motion, that sort of slow lower down is going to really ingrain good habits that are then going to then transfer over to the bar, the barbell. Because when you sort of let the let gravity take over and the weights kind of come crashing down and then you readjust and press back up, it becomes very taxing, not efficient, uh, and a lot of energy leaks can be present. And so what we tend to sort of have people visualize is that imagine that there's a spring sort of in your arm Mm -hmm. and you're slowly lowering down and you're loading that spring as much as possible. And as you're lowering down, there's more and more tension And then once you get to the bottom, your chest area, that's when you want the spring to sort of let go and you want to press back up at a quicker rate. 
but you're loading that spring and it's much more controlled motion than just letting gravity bring the weight down for you. Yeah, I think people um, hear tempos and think about like, what are the benefits of eccentrics in terms of building strength or like isometrics and concentric, like slow concentrics, all these different things have different meanings in terms of like how your body reacts to them. But a lot of times we actually use them just as a teaching tool because Mm -hmm. we don't really care. Right now we're not like, our main focus isn't on building eccentric strength. It's really just on learning how to control the Mm -hmm. weight on the way down. And you are going to get the benefits of building a little bit more strength because you're going slow. But I feel like it can get confusing when people are like, is it a slow eccentric? Like, or like, why do you do that? What's it for? Mm -hmm. And like a little bogged down in those details with tempo. But really in this case like it doesn't it's not so specific about like how many seconds you're supposed to take on the way down or whether the eccentric is for hypertrophy things like that it's really just about controlling the weight on the way down and letting your body learn this pattern in a controlled manner so that it becomes second nature yeah yeah that's such a good point i feel like when people hear about eccentrics it's like muscle damage more hypertrophy more strength and stuff like that but when we i would say the vast majority of the time we're incorporating tempos, it has rarely anything to do with that yeah. and more of just the positions. We're always trying to strengthen positions and in weightlifting, in Olympic weightlifting, they call it positional strength when they utilize pauses and tempos and stuff like that. And we've applied that sort of approach to more traditional sort of basic bodybuilding type of work or mm-hmm. power lifts. Um, and so, yeah, when you're thinking about slowing de- things down, we're just working on positional strength because even if you're a couple of degrees off your normal position, you're 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 you you'll really feel it basically. Yeah. And so we want to sort of nail your groove, your pattern over and over again so that it just becomes second nature and you become really strong within that sort of zone. Yeah. So speaking of positions actually, wanting to talk about um the angle of the your elbow Mm. on the way down we probably should have mentioned this on the floor press yes (laughs) Um, so basically when you are lowering the weight down we don't want the elbow to go completely 90 degrees so straight out to the side we also don't want the elbow to be tucked completely next to your body we want it to be somewhere in between we don't need to get out a Protractor. Protractor. I was going to say ruler. And I was like, that's not right. Um, we don't have to be at perfectly 45 degrees, although I think that's a nice a nice thing to aim for just because everybody kind of knows where 45 degrees is. Um, but basically, we're looking for somewhere between tucked in close to your body and 90 and out wide at 90 degrees. Yes. Yeah. And that is a just a much safer position for your shoulder. There was definitely a period of time where bodybuilders would try to argue that elbows out way out to the sides was better for pec activation and if you want bigger chest muscles you should opt for that sort of stance and it's just a very vulnerable position for your shoulder especially if you're going to be pressing repeatedly in that pattern with challenging weights like eventually it's going to wear your shoulder down a little bit and so just by tucking your shoulders just a little bit elbows elbows just a little bit you still get plenty of pec activation in just a slightly better you know shoulder position so that's we definitely think that tucking the elbows in a little bit is going to be much better from a longevity and sustainability standpoint yeah and i love you've used different examples before but like if you're going to do a chest pass with a basketball or if you're going to be if you're standing behind a heavy car and somebody tells you to try to push it you wouldn't push it with your elbows straight out. You wouldn't throw a basketball with your elbows straight out because it's not the most powerful position. It's not the strongest position. You would definitely tuck those elbows in and then push from there. And so just that visual alone, I think, kind of helps to be like, oh, yeah, where would I do that from? And that's that same pressing motion as you're going to do with a bench press. Yeah, exactly. It's stronger. It's safer. It's just better overall. And we're not saying, again, get your protractors out. We're just saying (laughs) somewhere in like 45 to 65, like somewhere in that region, whatever feels strongest for you, we just feel like the extremes are probably not where you want to be yeah now as far as sets and reps and starting weights go i would say probably scale the weight back a little bit once you sort of move on from the floor press over to the uh, bench press so let's say you got to like 30 pounds on the floor press maybe start at 20 to 25 pounds or so on the dumbbell bench press and i would say on the single arm dumbbell bench press i would say probably spend two three weeks there or so just getting proficiency with 
the bench press, the increased range of motion, the anti-rotation core demands, these instability demands. I'll just spend two to three weeks there of around three sets of 10 or so, trying to increase weights whenever possible. Yep. And then from there, our final step before moving on to the barbell is grabbing two dumbbells, right? right? And so the I would say probably the trickiest part of two dumbbells, since you've already sort of learned all the other nuances of the single arm double bench dumbbell bench press is actually actually just getting the weights into position yeah it's so really do you hard. have any sort of like tips and tricks you want to go over for that yeah so that's why i like with this single arm dumbbell bench press you technically can use your other hand and press it up like there are different ways that you can because you have one hand free different ways that you can get the dumbbell up into position but i do like the idea of starting it with it on your thigh and kind of kicking it up with your leg just because that's pretty much your only option once you get to two dumbbells so i think practicing it with one where you also have your free hand available <laughs> if anything goes wrong is a really good thing to do and then when you get to two you're going to set up in the same way but with both dumbbells resting on your thighs so you're sitting on the bench and you have your one dumbbell in each hand they're resting on the tops of your thighs and then you're going to lower yourself down so you're kind of like rolling yourself back into position and kicking your legs up slightly and kicking the legs up is gonna like give the dumbbells a little bit of momentum to get off of your thighs and press them straight up to the ceiling it's hard to talk through without showing yeah and it's (laughs) not only is it hard to talk through it's like even if you do the motion correctly, it takes, I would say, I don't know, four or five exposures before you finally really get the feel for it. Because yeah. there's a lot of like micro nuances and adjustments you have to make while the dumbbells are in there. Yeah. And like you have to land at a certain sort of like pacing and tempo. And so all we want to say is just practice it. Don't feel embarrassed as you're going through it. Like it's going to feel clunky at first, but you will get used to it and it will start to feel better and much more natural. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen people do different ways too. Like I've seen people do kind of one at a time. So people will kind of like kick one up and then the other one up. Mm. I've seen people do them. I do it more both at the same time. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You do I both. do both. Um, yeah, I have seen extremely strong people do one at a time because yeah. it's like, it's not possible to do like a 250 pound dumbbell bench press like that. Um, But I would say for the most part, most people do it too at the same time, I'd say. Yeah. Um, And and like lowering yourself down onto the bench while doing that is hard too. So it's, it's definitely tricky. Thankfully, if you are newer to all of this, you're probably not using like, if you can't quite barbell bench press yet, you're probably not using more than like 25, 30 pounds at this point. So hopefully you have a little bit of time to kind of just like practice this with slightly lighter weights that aren't going to be overly challenging for you or aren't going to like cause too much of a ruckus getting into position. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, all the same sort of similar principles apply from the floor press to the single arm dumbbell bench press. We're trying to get your chest up, your shoulders back. We're having your feet set slightly back behind you. And we're just trying to be as dialed in with our setup as possible. So we're spending, I don't know, four or five seconds or so just really getting into position before starting your actual set. And again, when you're lowering those weights down, we again recommend a slow tempo on the way down because, again, that's going to ingrain great patterns for when you go to the barbell. We should probably talk about back position because people ask about this all the time. Mm. Is it okay to arch your back? Should you arch your back? Is it dangerous to arch your back? When you are starting to do dumbbell bench presses, this is where you're going to pretty much start to set your positioning with your back in a similar way that you would with a barbell bench press. So let's talk about it. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, it's it's funny. We get so many different sort of comments about it, um, especially with you, Lauren, because you are more mobile and have a more sort of pronounced arch. But people think it's because there's a slight arch in your back, people assume that it's really bad for your back. Your back's going to snap as you're going <laughs> through the bench press motion. And that couldn't be further from the case. Yeah, and from the truth. From the truth. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, not only is it very safe for your back, but it's also much more advantageous just from a strength standpoint, at least in regards to bench pressing and barbell bench pressing. And so when you have an arch in your back, what ends up happening at your chest and your shoulders is your chest starts to rise up and your shoulders will naturally start to settle down, which encourages the whole sort of shoulder packing, shoulders back and down sort of motion that we want. 
that that platform that we want while we're bench pressing. So it just facilitates that sort of shoulders down and back motion, which in turn also helps your elbows to be in a more natural position as well, usually somewhere in that sort of 45 to 65 degree range of motion. And it's safe because, well, I guess the, the reason why people feel it's unsafe because if you were to back squat or deadlift with that extreme of an arch, it probably wouldn't feel great for your lower back. But that is when you're in an upright position where let's say the bar is on your back and the endpoints of your back are sort of like compressing towards one another. And that's what we don't want to see during a back squat. But for a bench press, you're actually laying down on your back and both endpoints are supported by the bench. Your hips are supported by the bench. Your upper back is supported by the bench. And then the bar is hopefully coming right down in that middle point. And that is, what is that? The keystone in the traditional like actual arch right like <laughs> you're asking the wrong <laughs> that's person. the strongest point of the arch and you're laying down and it's just a very supported position that not only your spine is safe from but also helps to keep your shoulders in a safer position as well so we believe that an arch is perfectly acceptable perfectly normal and now we're not saying that you need to develop this insane arch where yeah. you're arching as hard as possible and like trying to create this sort of powerlifting arch all we're saying is just think about getting your chest up, your shoulder blades back and down. And that's really all the arch you need. Just a yeah, moderate arch is it's fine. It's really just a byproduct of getting in the right position with your shoulders. Like mm -hmm. a power lifter, an ex like somebody who's competing, they'll arch more excessively in order to shorten the range of motion that they have to press from so that they're going to be able to press more weight in a competition. Right. That's very different from the arch that we're talking about, which is just an arch because you brought your shoulders down and back, you put, brought your chest up tall, and you set your feet behind your knees a little bit. The, all of those things are going to just create a little bit of an arch in your back. And what we're saying is you don't have to work against that. You mm -hmm. don't have to get into those positions and then try to push your back into the bench because right. it's going to it's gonna be, you're going to then be working against yourself, basically. Mm -hmm. So allow that arch to happen, but don't exaggerate it unless you are a competitive powerlifter, but if you're a competitive powerlifter, you're not listening to today's episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just don't worry about the arch. It probably will happen very, very safe and okay and not something to try to eliminate. Yeah. And now one other note about the arch. I feel like sometimes when we talk about the arch or we've coached the arch in the past, people will try to create an arch and typically... The path of least resistance, I would say, is in people's lower backs mm. where, where they will try to just kind of like push their lower part of their stomach and lower back kind of up towards the ceiling. And instead of that, instead of all the pressure down towards the lower part of your lower back, we want more of that arch distributed across your entire back. So it really helps to think about really thinking about pushing your upper chest up towards the ceiling because we want a lot of thoracic arching to happen in addition to the lower part of your lower back yeah. arching as well. And that just creates a much more even distribution, even weight distribution, and it really allows your upper back muscles to kick on better. Oh, and we didn't talk about sets and reps and weight. Um, hopefully, after going from single arm dumbbell bench press to double arm dumbbell bench press, you should probably, again, scale the weight back a little bit, maybe to 20 to 25 pounds again, just like how you scaled back when you first went on from floor press to the single arm dumbbell bench press, um, just because you want to get used to having two dumbbells on your thighs as you sort of like kick yourself back into position. And actually, you want to go over kicking yourself back up out of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, so after you're done with your last rep, you want to, like we start from the top, right? So you're you're at the top with your arms extended, you lower down and press up, that's one rep. So let's say you do your 10th rep, you press it up, you still wanna lower them back down under control. So it's like you're doing a bonus half rep, you're gonna lower them back down under control, but this time you are gonna tuck your elbows all the way in as opposed to being out at 45 degrees, you tuck them all the way in and then you bring the ends of those dumbbells right onto your thighs again and use the momentum of bringing the dumbbells onto your thighs to help you sit upright. Yeah, and I would say a lot of people will sort of like kick their legs up and then sort of aggressively drive them down to yeah. have, well, it's almost like a, 
a cheating sit-up of some sort. Yeah, that's actually what I do. I bring my yeah, I bring my legs up to the dumbbell. So I'm like lowering the dumbbells down to my thighs as I'm bringing my legs up and then using that momentum to sit back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But basically, you you will figure this out as you're going through it. But basically, what we don't want to see is letting the dumbbells come all the way down and then sort of like while you're laying down on the bench, lowering one dumbbell down to the floor and then rolling to the other side and letting the other dumbbell go. We see that happen quite a bit. Yeah. And that's a very vulnerable position for your shoulder to be in to just kind of like fling them off to the side like that, especially for neighboring lifters as well. Right. It's not safe for anybody involved. It's not <laughs> safe for you. It's not safe for somebody lifting near you. So bring them in close to you, hug them tight to your body, get them onto your thighs in the way that feels like the right way for you and then sit up and then you can drop them down or bring them back to the rack if you're done. Now on another note about position, this time we actually want 90 degree angles is at the very bottom of the lift. So wherever your elbows are sort of positioned sort of in that 45 to 65 degree range at the very bottom when the dumbbells are close by your chest, we want the degree from your forearm to your upper arm to be 90 degrees. Mm. We don't want it to be bent back into a tighter angle because that places more emphasis on the triceps and is a weaker point in terms of just horizontal pressing overall. So we want that position to be 90 degrees and it just helps to think about having your wrist stacked right above your elbow at the very bottom of the lift. We just don't want it to be pulled back as if it's almost like a tricep extension movement. So just think about 90 degree angles at the very bottom. All right. And that really leads us to the barbell bench press. So we started with single arm floor press, went on to single arm dumbbell bench press, now two arm dumbbell bench press. At this point, we've hopefully done a few weeks of two arm dumbbell bench press where you've gotten, you've worked your way up to 25, maybe 30 pounds in each hand. We want to make sure it's definitely more than 20 pounds in each hand, because if you're going to the barbell, you're going to be at the like at the minimum, pressing 45 pounds. So you want to have pressed at least 45 pounds with the dumbbells before you move on to the barbell. It's actually typically easier to press more weight with the barbell than it is with dumbbells, especially as you get more advanced. But I will say the at the beginning, when you're first learning, we really do want to make sure that you get slightly above the 45 pound mark with dumbbells before heading over to the barbell just to increase that confidence even more. Because with the dumbbells, if you do get stuck at the bottom, you can just get out of position. You can just kind of move them out of the, out of your way and nothing bad happens. But with the barbell, like we said, especially if you don't have a spotter, if you get stuck at the bottom, you're going to have some problems. So <laughs> we want to make sure that you are definitely strong enough to press at least 45 pounds off of your chest for multiple reps. Yeah, it feels, especially that first set, it feels very like you're kind of trapped. Like you're, both your hands are stuck on one sort of heavy object and you're like, oh, I mean, I, I hope I can do this kind of thing. Right. And so it just... <laughs> helps peace of mind especially to know that you actually have the strength to lift more than 45 pounds exactly all right so before we get into the actual bench pressing let's talk about the setup and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success in terms of just the equipment and where everything is so first thing is where to set up the bench so what we want to think about is when you lie back on the bench you should have it in a place where you can get yourself underneath the bar where the barbell is directly above your eyes or the bridge of your nose. If you're set up with the barbell too far behind you, it's going to be really hard to bring it forward and into place. We don't want to put your shoulders in a weaker position from behind to bring it forward. If you're set up with yourself too far back and the bar the barbell set up over like your neck or your collarbone, when you actually go to start bench pressing, you're going to end up hitting the J hooks that the bar usually rests on. And that's super frustrating. <laughs> so making sure that when you are lying back on the bench, the barbell is directly above your eyes. And the next thing to consider is the height of the barbell. When you are getting into position, you want to make sure that in order to reach the bar, you don't have to lock your arms out to, to just reach it. Because if that's the case, you're going to have to really round your shoulders in order to clear those J hooks to get the barbell off of the rack and into position. And we just want to be able to set up with your shoulders already down and back. And so what that's going to mean is the bar needs to be low enough that you can get your shoulders down and back and have a slight bend in your elbows in order to grab the bar so that then to clear the J hooks, you just have to straighten out your arms and bring it forward as opposed to straightening out your arms and rounding your shoulders in order to bring it forward. So those are the two equipment 
things to keep in mind. Where the bench is set up in order to get your head in the right position and where the bar is set up, the height of the bar, in order to be able to set yourself up to unrack the bar safely. And then one more thing before we actually unrack the barbell is your hand position. So we want to figure out what, what the strongest position is for or placement is for your hands. And this is going to be slightly different for everyone. Everyone's going to have um, a different comfort level and a different sort of like distance apart that feels like they can bring the bar down with those elbows tucked in a little bit. Um, but there is always, pretty much always, some... It's called knurling on the barbell, which is sort of like a rough part of the bar. So a lot of times there's some parts that are smooth, some parts that are rough. The, there will be like a rough part in the very middle, two little smooth sections, and then another rough section. And a lot of times where the knurling starts, you can go put your thumbs right there and then place your hands on the bar and then wrap your thumbs around. And that's going to be a good distance. At least that's for... Me, somebody who's a little bit narrower, Jason, I'm pretty sure you actually go out to the first ring on the knurling. Is that correct? Yeah, I tend to go a little bit wider, but yeah, I would say almost universally, we'd at least just start people a thumb's length away from where the smooth part meets the knurling. Yeah. And I feel like that's at least a good general starting point for most people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if your shoulders are a little broader, you might be a little wider. If your shoulders are a little narrower, you might be a little bit narrower, but just starting there because, and the reason that we want to just create some sort of like starting point is just, you want it to be uniform um, and you want to make sure that you're even on the bar. So if you just kind of grab it haphazardly, you don't know that the bar is necessarily perfectly evenly set up on the rack. So you could end up being slightly shifted over to the right. That could cause the path of the barbell to feel really off. So you do want to make sure that you your hands are equal distance apart from the middle of the bar. And so using that knurling is going to help you to figure out where the middle of the bar is and how far from the middle your hands are. Yeah, it's really important to have those landmarks on the bar for you to reference basically every single time you go and do your lift and you want to be in that exact same point, not from even just like a imbalance or a symmetry standpoint, but just from a, a strength and practice building standpoint. You want to be able to hit the same pattern over and over again. And you can't do that if your grip is slightly off each and every time you go and do the actual movement. And so it's so helpful to even just jot it down for yourself to be like, okay, I'm a little bit more than thumb's length away, or my index finger is on that, uh, that little knurling ring. Just having these sorts of like reference points that you can reference while you're down there to make sure that you're utilizing the same grip over and over again, which will lead to more practice in that position, which will obviously lead to more strength down the road. All right. So once you have your ideal setup, now we're going to get into the actual performance of the exercise. And so the first thing is getting yourself into position in terms of your shoulders and your upper back. And with the dumbbells, it's actually a little bit harder to do because you are having to kick the weight up and get it into position. And then while you're holding the weight, that's when you have to get your shoulders kind of down and back and into position. With the barbell, it's a lot easier because you can get your shoulders down and back and into position without the weight being in your hands yet. So we actually can lower yourself down into position, get your shoulders down and back, chest up, get everything tight. And then with your shoulders down and back, that's when you can extend your arms up and reach for the bar and just maintain that shoulders down and back position. Like I said, you should still have a slight bend in your elbows at that point if you've set your barbell up correctly. And then from there, all you have to do is a little mini bench press, just a little straightening out of the arms and then bring them forward slightly. And then you're ready to go and in position and you don't have to worry about um, doing anything else once the weight is in your hands in terms of setup. Yeah, I would say that's probably the only area where the dumbbell bench press is actually going to be much more challenging, which is just being able to get in and out of position, whereas the barbell bench press, everything is just kind of set up for you. Right. In fact, even in like elite powerlifting events, they have these specialized racks where you get yourself in position and you don't move the sort of like the rack sort of transforms and releases the bar onto you <laughs> yeah. and then you're able to just go and do the bench press because just unracking it takes a decent amount of energy and so just to have that security of your shoulders back and down and already in position you don't have to do anything but press um, those are kind of a neat machines that's a nice bonus sidebar yeah <laughs> most people aren't gonna have that most people aren't gonna be that yet <laughs> yeah so just having your shoulders set down and back and then knowing that you're just all you need to do is a little bit of straightening out of your elbows and coming forward slightly with the bar 
Um, and so when I talk about coming forward with the bar, I think that's where to go next. We want to think about when you are getting prepared to do your first rep, where should the bar be? We want that bar to be pretty much right over your shoulders. Um, and so when it's set up, your hands are back behind your shoulders slightly, and then you you extend your arms and bring it forward so that your hands and wrists are basically stacked right over your shoulders. Yeah, and you want to take, let's say, a half second to a second to let the weight just settle in, into position. A lot of people will get the bar off the J-hooks and immediately start their descent. What you want to do instead is get the bar off the J-hooks, extend your elbows, lock it out, drift the bar slightly forward so that your barbell is directly over your shoulders and just hang out here for a second and reinforce your shoulders staying back and down. Then you want to take a breath before you start your descent. I feel like that little settle down period is really crucial to establish a good foundation for your shoulders. Yeah. Now from there, you're taking a deep breath like I just mentioned before, and you're lowering the weight down. Now I would say that this is probably the biggest area that we tend to coach up the most, which is where the bar should end up being on your body as you're lowering the weights down. And that is surprisingly lower than most people think. Most yeah. people think that they should bring the bar down to sort of like their middle chest, upper chest area, and they're just end up being in a position where their shoulders are shrugging, where their elbows are bent too aggressively. And where you want to be actually is more towards the base of your sternum. And oftentimes we'll say like if you wear a sports bra, like your sports bra line, like yeah. that's where you want to end up. And it's much lower than people anticipate. But when you reach that point with the bar on the lower part of your sternum, what ends up happening is your arms become in this sort of 90 degree position. They're stacked. Your wrists are stacked right above your elbows. And it's just a much stronger position to press from. The higher the bar is on your body, the more it starts to turn into more of a tricep extension, which leads to weaker leverage. Your elbows are bent more. And it turns into this sort of like awkward tricep extension more than a true stacked bench press. Yeah, and this is where the getting that 90 degree angle of your forearm to upper arm in the dumbbell bench press is going to help just already like prepare you for that positioning with the barbell. So if you've been you've been greasing that groove, you've been getting into that position with the dumbbells, it's going to feel very natural to just do the same thing with the barbell. And the barbell should naturally kind of come down to your sternum or the bottom of your sports bra. But um, if you're not used to doing that, and the the tendency is typically like upper chest or nipple line, and I've heard people like even suggest that, but it really doesn't lead to as strong of a bench press as that sternum. Yeah. And it really helps to Take a video of yourself doing this from the side, like of, of a lot of your sets, just to make sure that you are hitting a good bar path and it's traveling well and your your wrists are stacked over your elbows, just making sure that all of your angles are correct, basically. Yeah. And what we'll do is if we notice that the angles are slightly off, that's when we'll start to adjust maybe their grip width a little bit. Maybe they need to go a little bit wider in order to achieve more of a stacked position. Maybe they need to go a little bit narrower. But that's where we start to sort of shift people's grips and the way they press a little bit in order to achieve a more stacked, better leverage position. Yeah. And so we've talked about that bottom position. And again, I just want to reinforce when you're lowering the barbell down to bring it down slowly, not just let gravity just bring the bar crashing back down onto you, but rather taking a couple seconds, two, three seconds or so to really slowly lower that weight down under control with your back muscles really engaging in order for you to have it hit the perfect spot each and every time because the more advanced you get and the more weight you're using, you really find that even just like a two millimeter difference from where your bar touches your chest, it, it, it makes a massive impact. And you know, it's like, uh, I, I rarely play golf, but <laughs> when people say that they hit like a perfect golf shot, it just feels really good. And you know, it's like it, it was a good shot and the ball travels at a perfectly straight line. Like, You'll find that with the bench press too. When you hit that perfect spot, you're like, ooh, that rep felt so good. It felt so smooth and quick. But the next week, if you hit it slightly off, you'll feel like it. it you added like 20 more pounds to the bar because the groove was slightly off and your pattern was slightly askew. 
All right, so now we've unracked the bar, we've lowered the bar. Now the most important part is getting the bar off your chest because <laughs> that's the that's the thing that everybody's afraid of. <laughs> You're going to be able to do this at this point. But what we want to think about is making sure the bench press, just like any other um, power lift, it's a total body movement. You are not just relying on your pecs or your triceps. Mm. You are using all of your muscles in order to perform this exercise well. And so when you go to press, we don't want to just think about pushing with your arms or pushing with your chest. We want to incorporate as many muscles as we can. So some things that we've already discussed are where your feet are placed. This is actually going to become really, really important the heavier that the weight gets because you want to actually make sure that your legs are really stable so your legs can actually contribute a little bit. You can kind of push into the floor a little bit as you press the weight overhead or up to the ceiling. You also want to use your back muscles. You want to use your arms, your shoulders, your chest. Everything can be working together. I think a lot of times we think about exercises in isolation and thinking about, oh, bench press is a chest exercise, so I'm just using my chest. But if you consider it a full body exercise and everything is is becoming tense at the same time as you go to press, you're going to have so much more success. So from that bottom position, we're thinking about pushing your feet into the floor. We're thinking about pushing your back into the into the bench and driving that weight straight up to the ceiling. Don't think about a specific muscle. Think about tensing everything and just pressing as strongly as you can. <laughs> you know, speaking of tensing your muscles and stuff like that, a very underrated part of bench pressing when you're first learning it is your grip. Yes. Really think about firmly gripping the bar and... It just lends itself well in terms of just overall confidence, but it also uh, just engages engages your rotator cuff a little bit more, up muscles in your upper back a little bit more, and just gets you in a much better sort of like stronger state of mind to have the confidence to go through the movement. So when you're down there, definitely just don't think about meekly getting the bar up and over, but rather <laughs> grip the bar firmly, say, we're doing this. I'm taking this for a ride. <laughs> I was like, when did you use that? I feel like you used that in a different episode. In the said, squat, I think. Oh, oh, it was? It was so long ago. I thought it was like a year ago. <laughs> I'm taking this for a ride. Unrack. Let's do this. <laughs> now, as far as sets and reps and weights go, you know, the world is your oyster in this regard. You can go anywhere from 1 to 15 reps on the bench press, and it's, it's pretty normal practice. I would say we probably start people in the sort of 5 to 8 repetition range. We think that's a nice place to start in terms of being able to get enough reps in to get practice, but also being able to load up the movement a little bit more than they have been with the dumbbells. And ultimately, just following the general guidelines of progressive overload, we want to sort of over time be able to increase weights, whether it's 1.25 pounds at a time or 2.5 or even 5 pounds at a time. And just over time, trying to develop strength within that pattern. Yeah, this is bench press specifically is the exercise where those micro plates are really, really helpful um, because you're not going to see the same type of gains at the same rate as you will with the lower body exercises. So with bench, I mean, sorry, with uh, squat and deadlift, you could probably add five pounds, maybe even 10 pounds every week for quite a while. But with bench press, that's not going to happen. Even a five pound jump is going to be... And, a lot of times gyms don't even have two and a half pounds. So even the sm if the smallest jump you can make is 10 pounds, it's going to be very challenging to be able to consistently do that. If that is the case for you, you can increase reps instead of increasing weight. So from week to week, if, if week one you did three sets of five, week two you can do three sets of six, then three sets of seven, and just increase one rep at a time with the same weight. That is still progressive overload. But if the goal is to get stronger, eventually we do want to be able to add weight to the bar. And those big jumps are just so hard with your upper body. And so if you can invest in two and a half pound plates or one and a quarter pound plates, it's just so helpful to be able to make those smaller jumps and it'll help to prepare you for those bigger jumps down the road. Yeah. And one note about weight, something I just got reminded of is this whole notion that 135, 45 pound plates on each side <laughs> is like it's almost like a baseline expectation, like like you should be able to bench press that. But I would say that's very it's very discouraging to think about it like that. And we had a sort of like a milestone board on our like on our gym walls where we had certain milestones that would be like a cool goal to achieve. It's called the overachievers board. Yeah. Because we it was achieve fitness. <laughs> and <laughs> 
And one of the sort of milestones we like to celebrate with people was just triple digits on yeah. the bench press. And anytime someone got to 100 pounds or more, they have entered into the triple digits club. And that was just a great way of just celebrating a little milestone like that. So just instead of thinking about, oh, I have to get to 135 before I'm even considered strong by social media stand standpoints, standards, <laughs> <laughs> uh, triple digits is a great one to reach for that is very attainable if you are following a progressively overloaded plan for the bench press. Yeah, totally. And again, always remembering that everyone is going to be on a different journey with their strength levels and not trying to compare yourself to other people in terms of like what someone else can do versus what you can do. Just keep sticking with your little progress markers every single week and over time you are going to see that progress happening. So just no more comparing. Just <laughs> think about your own journey. Yeah. And so Hopefully, this episode gives you a lot of insight into how it's not just as simple as going to the barbell bench press and using an empty bar and going from there. There's a lot of prerequisite steps that really help lend itself well to being very comfortable and confident once you finally get to the bar. And yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Oh, I guess one more thing I will say is that, and we've actually done an Instagram post about similar uh, topics, but basically I do think that there's this fear of using the bench press area if you're only benching the bar. Mm -hmm. I just want to eliminate that for you right now because anybody who has who is benching has started off with just the bar. And so if they're going to judge you, that's 100% on them and not on you. They were there too and they can't deny that they ever were. Everybody has to start out with just the bar to get comfortable and you have just as much of a right to be there pressing the bar as they do to be there pressing two plates on the bar. So don't let that stop you from going over to the bench press area and know that the more you do it, the stronger you're going to get, the more weight you're going to be able to put on the bar and you'll just keep feeling more and more comfortable over there. But don't let the idea of only doing an empty barbell make you feel intimidated or like you're not, you don't belong in that area. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> all right i think that's all we have for getting started with barbells part two the bench press hopefully that gets you super confident and comfortable and ready to take that on stay tuned for part three in six months from now. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully part three is coming next week that is the plan and oh we haven't had any reviews in a while and i will say that's on us yeah, they're like, what? Do, what is there to even review? <laughs> There's been nothing. Um, but if you've listened to the last few episodes, which we have finally been more consistent with, and you've enjoyed them, and you've enjoyed the content over the t over the time that you've been listening to the podcast, we would so appreciate a rating and a review. Ratings are super easy. You just hit those five stars. Reviews, we know, take a little bit more effort, but they are even more appreciated because we see the effort that you have to put into leaving them. We read them all. We feel so happy when we read them. So we'd appreciate it. All right, so that's all we have for you today. Until next time, sweat out, happiness in. Woo.